This is episode 514 for July 2018, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. This episode is a tribute to Steve Ditko, one of my favorite Spider-Man artists of all time. Uh, this, before we get to the regular recording of the show, I wanted to share a little bit of audio. Back in the early, uh, maybe actually late eight, 1980s, Harlan Ellison, who we also just recently lost, produced a VHS uh, tape where he interviewed comic book artists. And he interviewed Steve Ditko, and this is like the only audio of Steve Ditko I've ever heard. And it was on a VHS tape, and I thought I'd share a little bit of an uh, audio clip with you with Steve Ditko talking about heroes. So here you go. The perfect hero on principle says yes to a true identity and no to a contradictory one. Ruled by justice, he treats every identity as it deserves. He is the actualized potential for good in its purest form, a true moral measuring ruler. He is the most human and deserving of respect. Today's flawed superheroes are superior in physical strength, but common, average, ordinary in mental strength. Rich in superpowers, but bankrupt in reasoning powers. They are perfect in overcoming the flawed supervillains, saving the world, the universe, yet help us to solve their common, ordinary, average personal problems. It is like creating a perfectly physical adult with the reasoning limits of a six-year-old. The creators of flawed ideals believe that no real difference exists between a flawed hero and a flawed villain. Both have some good and some bad in them, so they blend into a grayness where no one is better than anyone else, and where the worst can justifiably claim that he is as good as, as gray as the best. If it is impossible to know what is true and to do what is right, then the flaw, the worst, will be the new standard of good. Man will be defined as a flawed, anti-rational animal, and all that corrupts and harms life will be the new virtues. Like deliberately flawed eyesight, where self-blindness is the ideal, anti-life behavior will be the new standard for living. The resentment against the perfect hero is a resentment against A is A, against the integration of truth and behavior, against the non-contradictory identity of a moral ideal, against reality and life's measuring ruler, a rational moral standard. And that was Steve Ditko talking about heroes in his own words. Uh, also, this music that I'm playing under is from the uh, the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, it's the funeral scene, I think, is where this is from. Uh, it's just somber. It's Danny Elfman doing what Danny Elfman does, which is just awesome. Uh, before we get to uh, the regular podcast, I want to thank you uh, to the Patreon members that have made this show possible. Uh, I want to give a couple shout-outs to Brian, Craig, Christopher, Andrew, John, Stephen, Michael J., Frederico, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, Laura, Alex, S., Alex L., David, Michael, uh, Swiftser, and our newest member, Franzetta Hulk. If you'd like to support this podcast and our website, to log on to SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side for the Patreon button. It's also at the very end of every news article. All right. Now we got that out of the way, let's remember Steve Ditko, Spider-Man's co-creator. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to a uh, memorial podcast. We've never done one of these, I don't think. We uh, just got news that Steve Ditko passed away. And as Zach says, I shine the spider symbol up in the sky and I uh, gathered the troops 
to do an impromptu memorial podcast on the day of uh, Steve Ditko when he passed. So let's introduce our panel. We've got Zach. Zach was the first one that said, yeah, I'm, I'm game to do it. So Zach, thank you for uh, what well, I, it was one of those bizarre moments. I, I got home um, tonight uh, from dinner and my roommate mentioned it and I went, blah, blah, blah. so then i i I texted brad shortly thereafter and uh said uh you know i'm dick goes what yeah uh so yeah i mean it's it's a shock to all of us yeah um we'll we'll get more into the details of what happened here shortly but you know a a big significant loss Mm -hmm. in terms of a guy with a legacy that is sort of complicated it's very complicated. Very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, um, actually, I'll, I'll introduce the panel, and, and you guys can talk about how you heard the news. And then we'll go around and talk about some of your favorite Ditko stuff. Uh, I heard the news. Our, our former panelist, uh, Josh Bertoni, sent me a text. And that's how I heard. I, I had no idea that uh, he had passed. And then I went out and saw, read the Hollywood Reporter uh, article. And um, I'll read that shortly after we get the intros done. But uh, just a shock, especially how he was discovered dead. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy. So, Mike, welcome. Thank you for coming on last minute for the podcast. Yeah. How did, how did mm-hmm. you find out Steve passed? Well, um, part of the thing for my, the, um, what I work for at Bamsback Pal, we have like a kind of like a, almost like a feed, not quite of a Discord feed, but like little things where little notifications pop up. And yeah. one of the things that some, somebody, one of our, one of the folks that I, um, that one of our guys says, Hey, did you hear about this? And he posted a notice from the Hollywood reporter article about Steve Ditko passing away. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I was like in shock. Like everybody else is because it's like, first of all, I didn't even know how old Steve Ditko was at the time. Um, yeah. find in the 90. And also I'm sure, which I'm sure you're going to get into. It's, there's almost like, it's not quite mysterious circumstances, but just the way in which he was, the circumstances surrounding the death essentially, mm-hmm. which was like, yeah. Which kind of almost seems a little bit, I know it sounds a little bit morbid to say, but it almost seems in character with the man himself, essentially, and how he, how the guy is. The mystery and the. The mystery around him. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just, so it was one of these things where, um, yeah, just in terms of like a Steve Yiko, I think it's in, I don't think it cannot be emphasized enough just the influence that he had Mm -hmm. as a comic book artist as a whole and how. Yeah, and just how he kind of like, and I think in some respects, probably is probably could will go down as probably one of the most, you know, important comic book artists of all time, mm-hmm. without question. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, J- JR is also on the line. JR, how did you find out? Um, well, you know, it's um, um, I was um, I picked Spencer up from the movies. He'd gone out to the movies with his girlfriend. And uh, we dropped her off, and uh, he wanted to get something to eat. And so I'm about to go through the drive through at McDonald's. And then I just, you know, and of course, you know, he's set, he's 16, so he's constantly plugged he's in everywhere, you know. He's on his phone. Yeah. And then he's, and then I hear from the, he said, Hey, Steve Ditko died. And I went, you know, no expletive. And, um, you know, and he said, yeah, he said, apparently it was just announced two hours ago or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's when I found out. Um, but before I, before I forget this, cause I know we're going, but uh, I just flipping through and Walt Simonson mm. on his Twitter 
says Steve Ditko has caught the last web out across the city into the mystic. Aww. So anyway, I did. that's really nice. Before I forgot that one, the uh, and and Jr. Also, uh, once he heard that from Spencer, he suspected a text message was coming his way, and yes, indeed did. it did. It did. <laughs> I, I told Spencer, I said, I I have a feeling I'm going to get a text. We're going to do a special show, and uh, sure enough, literally about uh, about a minute later, Bing, there it was. <laughs> there I am. Yeah, uh, we have George. What's going on, George? Man, no, how did I'm you find not... out? I was playing a video game, and you texted me. That I was I was the breaking source for you. Huh? Yep. What went through your mind when you heard this? Uh, well, I mean, obviously you were like, do you want to get on, you know, to take live callers for the Ditko Memorial? And I was like, what, Ditko's dead? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that was literally what was going through my head. I was like, oh, God. So mm-hmm. I, I looked on the Internet yeah. and it was like, oh, sure enough, Steve Ditko is uh, his best yeah. way. And also, uh town Spidey's on the lines. Uh, how did you find out? Uh, I looked at Facebook and uh, actually on the cross space Facebook that saw it. And at first I thought, is this real? Is, is, yeah. or is this just like a hoax or something like that? Right. And I Googled them and there was like a couple of news uh, breakouts that Hollywood that reporter and variety. Uh, uh, both are uh, reporting it. I'll, I'll read a little bit of uh, the Hollywood reporter, which was the first site that I saw. TMZ as well. Uh, TMZ. T- I don't know who was the first to break it, but uh, probably uh, honestly of of those, yeah, sort of, probably TMZ just because they usually get they usually scour the death certificates. Oof, <laughs> I know that's How morbid. morbid. Yeah. Well, let, let me read uh, some Ooh. quotes from the uh, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, let's see. Artist Steve Ditko, who co-created Spider-Man Doctor Strange with Stanley, has died at age 90. The New York Police Department confirmed his death to the Hollywood Reporter. No cause of death was announced. Ditko was found in his apartment on June 29th, uh, was found dead in his apartment on June 29th, and he is believed to have died about two days earlier. Uh, then the... Um, they, um, okay, so TMZ is a little bit more uh, detailed. What? Read, read what detailed. you got in front of you for TMZ. All I right. The man one. who helped Stan Lee create two legendary Marvel superheroes, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, has died in his home in, in New York, TMZ has learned. Steve Ditko was found unresponsive in his in New York City apartment on June 29th when a social worker who had not heard who hadn't heard from him in a while went to Steve's home to check on him, according to law enforcement. The chief medical examiner listed the cause of death as an ADO an ardio cardiopathic and hypertensive cardiovascular vascular disease. Basically, Let me look this up. We are not a medical podcast. We are not. Basically, it sounds like heart attack is what you're Basically, what you're a heart attack caused... Arteriosclerosis is a chronic disease characterized Ar- by... Ar- arteri- arteriosclerosis. There you go. Sorry. Okay. A chronic disease cr- uh, characterized by abnormal thickening and hardening of the artero- arterial walls with wow. resulting last- loss of elasticity. Compa- uh, Basically, a heart, a heart he had a heart attack, everybody. He, he had a heart attack. It's a cardiac arteries. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Ditko was, uh, basically, a heart attack brought on by clogged arteries. Ditko was one of the most claim, acclaimed comic book artists of all time, best known for creating Spider-Man with Lee in 62 and Doctor Strange a year later. The stories they crafted together inspired 2016's Doctor Strange film starting, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. While Stan became the face and the, quote, godfather of comic books, end quote, to the public, Steve remained a... In, uh, in, in, uh, enigmatic? 
enigmatic wow. over the years, refusing you to. You don't do- get to ever make fun of the way Brad reads. Uh, <laughs> I, never, I, won't, I won't allow it after tonight. <laughs> refusing to do interviews or make public appearances. He continued yeah. to work at a Manhattan studio, though, at least until 2012. Steve was yeah. 90. Rest in peace. So I thought we would also read some uh, comic creators that have chimed in. I've been sharing them on the Facebook page in the crawl space. Uh, Chris Claremont uh, wrote one. He goes, this is one of those yin yang moments on the one hand, a lovely summer day complete with happy words about Marvel's latest cool film on the other, the news just now the passing of Steve Ditko at age 90. There's a lot that will hopefully be said by those who knew him far longer and better than I actually, I think I only had a passing encounter with them. All I really knew was what I read in the pages of Spider-Man, but that was enough to make me devote for, uh, devote for life. He was a unique talent in our industry and also one who refused to follow any path but his own. Whatever the consequences, it seemed he was most determined to be true to himself. Would that uh, more of us had such courage? Wherever you are now, Steve, may you find joy and fulfillment, and may a certain Queens-dwelling wall crawler forever watch your back as your pen helps guide him to all new and even more exciting adventures, especially now that bow ties are back in vogue. That was Chris Claremont. Uh, Let me read another one. Brian Michael Bendis, I spoke to Steve Ditko on the phone once. I talked about it often. I got to thank him for creating Spider-Man and putting food on my table. I hope he really heard me. That was perfect. so. I I'm uh, I'm gonna read. I'm trying. I'm trying to go through uh, the Steve Jacob mentions on on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. The first like celebrity that popped up on on this was 13 minutes ago. Gene Simmons posted. Hmm. All right. R.I.P. Steve Ditko, who just passed at 90. Ditko's Doctor Strange was re- directly responsible for inspiring my hand gesture. Steve also co-created Spider-Man, Blue Beetle, The Question, The Creeper, Captain Adam, and many more. He made my childhood magical. We honor you, Steve Ditko. Tom Lyle, who uh, was an artist on Web of Spider-Man in the 90s during the Adjective. saga. Adjectiveless. Not oh, I'm sorry. That was Stephen Butler I was thinking of. Tom yep. Lyle was on Adjectiveless. Yep. Uh, he wrote, his work on Spider-Man was a huge influence on me. I knew this day would come, but his passing is super sad. That was Tom Lyle. Uh, we also have this one I like a lot. J.M.D. Mateus wrote on Facebook. He says, quote, seems like a good time to share the story of the one time I met Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko was the visionary creator who pushed some might say shattered the boundaries of the 60s mainstream comics with his work on Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. I can't think of another artist of the era aside from the king of all boundary shatterers, Jack Kirby, whose work was more revolutionary and influential. Ditko illustrated a couple of my early stories, including a Legion of Superheroes issue that's considered one of the worst Legion tales of all time. That was my fault, not Steve's. Back when I was starting out at DC Comics and one day when I wandered into the office of editor Jack C. Harris, there was the legend himself, an unassuming middle-aged man dropping off his latest batch of pages. Ditko is notoriously reclusive, the J.D. Salinger of comic books, so I was delighted and perhaps a bit awed to be standing in the same room with him, making very small talk. Now, imagine my excitement when I discovered that Ditko was leaving the office at the same time I was, and we hopped in the elevator, walked out of the building together, and headed off side by side in the same direction. We talked a little, perhaps, about the story we just worked on, and I can't say for sure. And the 12-year-old inside me was doing cartwheels, me and Steve Ditko, strolling down the avenue and chatting, question mark, by the Crimson Bands of Citrock. I was in comic book heaven. I didn't stay there long. We'd gone perhaps half a block when I said something to the effect of, so, uh, do you think you're ever going to go back and draw Spider-Man again? 
In my, def- in my defense, I don't think I realize that the subject of Spidey, of Ditko's Marvel work in general, was verboten. But I found out soon enough, written s- within seconds of opening my ignorant mouth, Ditko wished me a good day, crossed the street, and vanished into the crowd. I felt like an idiot, but a lucky one. I had my moment, however brief, with the elusive legend. And all these years later, I still treasure it. I think that's one of my favorite posts I've read mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. So, uh, go well, ahead. Yeah, one from uh, uh, Jim Lee. Okay, let's hear from Jim oh, Lee. Uh, Jim Lee says, "Sad to hear of the passing of the legendary artist and creator Steve Ditko, beloved for generations. His work was quirky and creepy, mastery, and helped provide visual, uh, early visual vocabulary and counterpart to Kirby's power and influence. Of course, he is best known for co-creating Spider-Man, but we also ushered in a slew of unique, very personal." characters for DC, such as The Question, Blue Beetle, Hawk and Dove, and more. I only met him once back in the hallways of Marvel when I worked there. Polite and unassuming, he was he never sought attention of the limelight, but in many ways represented the hidden hero he saw in all of us. The uh, one of my favorite podcasters is John Suntress, who does the uh, the Word Balloon podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a really f- unique quote on his Facebook. It says, "Quote as sad as we all are, if there's a heaven or hell, Ditko is seething at the public outcry that will follow his passing. Steve Ditko hated the cult of personality and was yelling about it decades before the internet." George, you're shaking your head on that one. You agree? He no, would hate. Not, he would hate this. I'm not. I'm nodding my head. I'm. I'm agreeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, shaking your head in agreement. I meant to say. Yeah, you. You agree that uh, Ditko would hate the public outcry of love for him? Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, why is that? I mean, so yeah, I no, just it, don't. it absolutely just. I mean, this is a guy that ne- like never sought the limelight. I mean, like you could be a fan, right? And he'd be like, well, like you could write into him, and he would write you back saying. Hey, thanks. I'm glad you like the work. Mm-hmm. But that's to him. That's 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 all it was. It was just what he did for a living. Right. It was I mean, for it, him. Yeah. It wasn't anything really. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't really anything he was passionate about. Right. Yeah. For no. him, it was just like he just like that. Let the work speak for itself, kind of. Yeah. Thing and just, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't. He wasn't like a self-aggrandizer. He's like the mm-hmm. polar opposite of Stan Lee. Yes. But, <laughs> I, I, but, but, but no, no, that's not saying anything bad about Stan Lee. Marvel mm-hmm. desperately needed somebody to be Stan Lee, and yeah, Stan it's, Lee was it's like, a, I'll be Stan Lee. Yeah. It's peanut mm-hmm. butter and chocolate. Um, you put them together, it's, it's yeah. perfection. I mean, but he was the, the, the polar opposite of Stan Lee, where he's not, he's not going to talk about himself. You know, I mean, he's, he's not going to talk at all. He's just like, here, I drew some shit. Bam, go. I'm going home getting a sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? He's the type of guy that so, says, I did my job. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of funny, and you know, and well, ironic because just a few days ago, uh, Harlan Ellison yes. passed away. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Harlan was another. I mean, you were talking about if Steve went to heaven or hell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Harlan was an, a, another, were just one of those artists who to just definitely danced to his own drummer. So mm-hmm. I, I saw Harlan uh, live in Chicago at least a couple times. I there is so much energy in that little bitty body. I I mean he is boisterous. He was boisterous, loud, and and boy he hated that Star Trek episode that everybody loves. he wrote. I think uh, when it comes to the afterlife, like Harlan Ellison got into limbo and and like heaven and hell were both 
kind of looking at one another saying, we don't know what the hell to do with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I don't know that we really have a play. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, he was cool. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I, I like cool, Carlos, but he was, he was mm. definitely an, an individual. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Jason Aaron, the writer of Thor. Oh, yeah. From Kansas uh, City, Missouri. Uh, uh, says, uh, I would have given anything to have lived in, inside Steve Ditko's head for a day. And he yeah. got to do it for 90 years. We are all we were all just lucky to be able to enjoy the fruits of his beautiful weirdness. Thank you for always being you, Mr. Ditko. Rest in peace. See, and, and that's that's a nice tribute. But, you know, when he's he's talking about, you know, being his head, I guarantee you most of the of the like the, the talent today, the writers and the artists would absolutely loathe being in Steve Ditko's head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Steve Ditko was not on the same wavelength. Oh, no. Or, no. Or, oh, no. Well, you know, to talk a bit about this at you, all. Do you think no. the, and, and we don't know him personally, we know him from news articles, we know him from his work. Mm-hmm. Is the man do you think the man was happy? You hope no, so. that's the thing. We no, don't really, we can't I, really see inside his mind, though. That's the no, thing. I, I, no, I can, I, go ahead, George. No, but I don't think he was miserable. I think, I think he, as like an an Ayn Rand kind of follower, found like a a neutral ground where it was. It's almost like Buddhism. Yeah, you know, where he's just like he's almost like an ascended master of just not giving a damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and just and just worrying about his own crap, and I, he probably was not deliriously happy. Probably was not deliriously low. Was probably well, just here. Can, can you imagine the dude walking out of his New York apartment and seeing Spider Man everywhere? Well, see, that's the thing, though, Brad. I mean, like, to, and, and he proved this. I mean, like, and, and you know, sometimes, like, and we would we would see where he'd written to people, and he would mm-hmm. he would he would tell them exactly this is a job I had. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you, you dig it. Uh, it. It means nothing to me other than it's a thing I did. Right. Yeah. The impression I got what you get from his work, from his writings and everything else, it's almost like once he created the the work and his character that and set it out to the world, that was it. Because as far as he was concerned, he already kind of formulated the idea and everything like this. It's already out in the world. Yeah. I'm going to move on to the next thing. I get the feeling that yeah. if there was one character he probably would have talked about the most, it would have been like uh, what was it, Mister A? Mister A. Know? I think he probably yeah, would have been. What... I think he probably would have been willing to talk about Mister A more than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think like the only two people who want to talk about Mister A are like Alan Moore and uh, Rich. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so so yeah. Neil, speaking of Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman uh, posted on okay. uh, several tweets on Twitter. And I've also got a, uh, a former Coral Space panelist uh, sent me a, a message. That uh, So Neil Gaiman says, without Steve Ditko, there would be no Spider-Man, no Doctor Strange, no Creeper, no Hawk Dove, none of the black and white reprint comics he read as a sea- in Seaside Resorts as a boy. No, the question, which means no Rorschach, no Mr. A, no mystery. I had heard rumors and hope they were not true. Thank you, Steve Ditko, for making my childhood weirder. And thank you, at Wosey, for, making me, or for taking me with you when we went in search of Steve Ditko and found him. A kind man who gave me comics. Uh, yeah. Steve Ditko was true to his own ideals. He gave, he saw things his own way, and he gave us ways of seeing that were unique, often copied, never equaled. I know I'm a different mm-hmm. person because he was in the world. Jerry Ordway then shared a really beautiful um, ink and wash page from Erie Magazine. Uh, Ditko was a giant, and his work was a big part of his life. Uh, and one thing that uh, Josh Bertoni, you mentioned him earlier, Brad, yeah. he texted me, he said, 
Uh, don't forget that he's also designed uh, the classic red and yellow version of Iron Man's costume. Oh, every every oh, wow. time we see an MCU, why didn't I know that? That's I, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, every wow. time we see an MCU film, uh, we are seeing Ditko. He's created so much more than just Spidey and Strange. So that that's a, that's a good point. Um, yeah, uh, something I didn't know. You know, well, I, there's yeah, there's ahead, a lot Mike. of characters that um, I'm mean, kind of surprised by. I mean, I knew some about like, of course, the questioner thing, but I mean, when he mentions. Squirrel Girl, for instance, I didn't know he was behind that as well. And then look how big she, speedball, yeah, speedball, yes. which I mean, yeah, I mean, and all this stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all these different characters and everything, you just don't real and you know, all you don't realize just how much is in, like yeah. how much influence he did have. And he and didn't just kind of creep in, and he didn't, and he didn't boast about it. And he didn't create the character, but I mean, he did a lot of, of work on like Rom back in the day, Brad. Yeah. He did, mm-hmm. he did Rom, and yeah. uh, also, also the the last couple issues of the original Hulk, like issue four, five, six, I think, after Kirby left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was one of the first ones to do the Hulk. Uh, the question I want to ask the the YouTubers watching us, and also the ones that haven't answered the question on the panel, which I think are Shytown Town and Jr. Uh, was Steve Ditko happy? Uh, Jr. Was he happy? What, what's your opinion? <laughs> I mean, he was fa- he was in an apartment for two days with you no know, family. It, yeah, it's well, it's ironic. I mean, you're asking me. It's like the, you're asking me a question, like my wife asks a lot of questions that I simply cannot answer. I do not yeah. have the answer, and don't even uh, really have a basis for. I mean, to, to be absolutely honest, I have absolutely no basis or way to accurately or honestly answer that question. Yeah, Just he really gave no hint. I mean, he gave no hint None. of his state whatsoever. Here, here's None. the thing. I mean, most people who are who are miserable don't usually live to be ninety. True. Very few of them live to be ninety. I, this, like, like I said, I mean, like we don't have much to go on, but this dude was probably fine living alone. You know, he oh, he answered, doubt, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He answered yeah. fan mail, and uh, he he wrote back to people. I mean. So I, I think he knew how much he was loved, but did he embrace that? No, no. I mean, I you know, it's so, funny. No. You, anytime, I mean, you could, Steve Ditko seemed, for all, all the people who, who, who like tried to communicate with him, mm-hmm. uh, and he would always send them like a weird, you know, you, you could ask him the time of day and you would get some Ann Randian type response. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think if you were to ask if he was happy, he would give you some long, bizarre. What is happiness? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is happiness? Who defines it? You know, is it a relative or absolute term? And yeah. So, yeah, who, who yeah. knows? Maybe maybe he didn't. Even, maybe he did. Maybe it wasn't in his vocabulary. That didn't mean he was miserable, happiness. but just yeah. maybe it wasn't in his vocabulary. And yeah. Brad, think think back for a minute because you keep it. You keep asking these subjective questions that we really can't answer. Mm-hmm. You're, you're asking like, uh, you know, you know, oh, he knew people loved him and everything. He did. Think back to what you yourself have read in the Untold Story of Marvel about like like the the first real comic conventions that started popping up. And one he of was, them was he in, was shocked. One of them was in New York, and Ditko walked in, and Ditko's reaction was basically like, "Why." Exactly. <laughs> Why are you here? Why? What, what yeah. the hell? What you know? So I mean, really, I mean, it, it kind of answered this. This dude didn't care. <laughs> it was a job to him. That's getting, basically what it was. It was. Yeah. It was he, when he created these characters or co-created these characters. It was only a job to him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he acknowledged fans when they wrote to him, but basically he was very polite. Um, according to all these tweets and things that I'm reading, that. You know, he was very polite, but he also said, okay, 
I acknowledge you. Leave me alone. I think he was just happy yeah. just being alone and just being who he is. And I mean, he drew these characters and that was it. And like that, uh, that was his job. And then if, if, if he's seen Spider-Man all over the place, I know he had some tussles going on with uh, Stan Lee mm-hmm. from what uh, we've read and stuff. But I, I think it's my understanding though, is that Stan and Steve kind of had a, a falling not, out or like, well, not just, I think they had a little bit of a reconciliation at, at Kirby's funeral. My, my recollection, I may be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I've just got, I, I'm going to read a couple more tweets, Brad, if that's cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got a couple more. Um, all right. Joe Casada, our favorite guy. <laughs> <laughs> Only a small group of individuals can claim they have affected and redefined, not just an industry, but popular culture worldwide. Steve Ditko was one of those few who dared to break molds every time his pencil and pen hit a blank sheet of paper. Uh, Edgar Wright, the director of, uh, or was going to be the director of, of uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Um, ironically enough, since it's the day of Ant-Man, we're recording this the day of Ant-Man and the Wasp came out. RIP to great comic book legend Steve Ditko, beyond influential on countless planes of existence. He never truly profited from his comic creations that have test, uh, lasted for decades. I don't know if that's true or not. But well, welcome- I, You know what, though? Here's the thing. More than probably any other, like, like, oh, well, I'm not going to say that, but look, definitely more than like maybe like Kirby's family, for example. Uh, this dude understood work for hire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ditko absolutely understood work for hire. I am working for you. I don't own this. I mean, mm-hmm. he got, he, he understood it, you know, whereas others would later be like, they understood it, but then they weren't okay with it. Yeah. That's a different mm-hmm. thing. But Ditko was never like that. Ditko was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sue you, Stan Lee, for half a spot. No. Ditko was like, I, I mean, D- Ditko I accepted on. work up until the early 90s. He, yeah. he was drawing yeah. Chuck Norris comics for Marvel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He drew WWF comics. We did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Was it was a job to him, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although, I mean, I think he was, he made, I think, though, credit was very, must have been very important to him because, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe not so much the money, but like when, in some when when Steve, uh, I think when Stan was finally grudgingly had to admit that St- Steve was a co-creator, and, and and you know, and Steve had this things like what is creation, you know, and then like he had the panel St- Steve Ditko's Spider Man, and of course there was Spider Man, and then Stan Lee's Spider Man, and mm-hmm. there was just blank, you know, uh, you know, implying that uh, you know one of his things was always implying that without the artist there is no creation. So right. it did seem that if not fame, fortune, or adulation was important. It did seem that credit and acknowledgement of some form was. And mm. that, I guess, is the I guess one of the reasons for the rift is he didn't feel, between him and Stannis, he didn't feel he was he was getting credit, uh, enough credit. But um, yeah, there, there's I mean, that, that relationship was fraught with a lot of problems. But then, you know, Stan was a person who didn't manage people well, period. No. So you know, the Steve, Steve Ditko is just one of many people that probably didn't like the, his relationship with Stan. Well, Stan was a good publisher, but not nece- maybe not necessarily a good manager of right. people. But at the same time, I mean, and, and I'll probably get heat for this. Don't really care. Um, but uh, <laughs> have you ever cared? I mean, think about it, though. Think of the egos even that we see today among writers and artists it's impossible to keep those kind of people especially that big of a group of 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 those types of individuals happy it must be like trying to rest you know like herd cats yeah 
I mean, it just must be maddening. I, I, I have so much respect for Stan and for like, like Jim Shooter for even, you know, attempting it. I mean, it, it really must be just one of the most maddening things ever. Yeah. I mean, you're just but, surrounded by prima donnas. But Jim Owsley in his uh, infamous slash Christopher Priest in his, uh, you know, a, a excellent article of why I don't talk about Spider-Man. He said that artists, um, he said artists, if you ask them to change something or if you say that you don't like something, they don't hear that. They hear, I hate you. I hate your work. I hate yeah. your family. I hope yeah. you burn in hell. Uh, Harlan Ellison was very much, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, just that even, you know, asking why Peter Parker's head was flat instead of round, just, you know, uh, uh would, yeah. would infuriate Ron friends. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of things that infuriated Ron Friends. Let me tell you, uh, you, you want to get him talking. And we hours. like Ron Friends. We're not saying anything oh, about right, Ron right. Friends. No, talking. no, no. But I, I mean, he was just used by uh, by Owsley as an example. Yeah, we're yeah, just talking about uh, creative types, you know. I, I wanted to jump in one last thing. Uh, Brian Otley, it just it popped up on Twitter. Um, just heard Steve Ditko passed away. His creation was my first introduction to comics. My first dream job character. I hope to do his creation justice. Ironically enough, he will be doing it that in Amazing Spider-Man number volume five, number one next week. Ryan Otley. Okay, the new artist. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple, and then we're going to take live callers. We, we promised to do live callers. We're going to do that. Uh, Eric Larson, the penciler in Amazing Spider-Man from the 90s, also Savage Dragon. Quote, uh, sorry to hear about the passing of Steve Ditko. I met him once and collaborated with him on one job. He was a big influence. I was a huge fan of his, of his work. He will forever be the definitive artist on Spider-Man Doctor Strange with a tremendous talent. Uh, Paul Denny, who uh, was the... Uh, what was he, a producer on the Batman animated series? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, he, he shared a picture of the first appearance of Squirrel Girl where the squirrels are eating Dr. Doom's armor. And he says, for you this mean panel. Dire Man's armor. Do Is what? Oh, well. I'm sorry, it's Dr. Doom's, Dr. Doom's armor is the image with squirrels all over it. And Paul Denny says, for this panel alone, Steve Ditko went immediately to the comic book heaven. Rest in peace. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Paul, Brad Meltzer is a uh, popular novelist, and uh, he wrote, Steve Ditko gave us all bigger and better dreams, ones I still try to live by every day. Spider-Man, The Question, Doctor Strange, they were all him and us, especially on those days when he needed his, when we needed his creations the most. And Fred Hembeck, uh, who I oh, cool. have wow. always been a fan of. Yeah. Uh, remember that mm -hmm. uh, Peter Parker spec 86 issue, the assistant yep. editor's day? Yep. Fill in with the black cat. Uh, Fred Hembeck, quote, Steve Ditko, I was lucky enough to encounter his work at an early age, right at the dawning of the Marvel Age of Comics. And to say it made an impression on me would be an understatement. He was and is my favorite cartoonist. And as skilled as he was with all the dynamic or all the dramatic stuff, Spider-Man trapped under all that wreckage. Most famously, my favorite single Marvel comic is Amazing Spider-Man 25, in which our hero battles a robotic J. Jonah Jameson, a story both exciting yeah. and hilarious, showing a comedic side of Mr. Ditko. I would have loved to have seen much more of. When I read of his departure from Marvel in the bullpen bulletins back in the 60s, it landed like a punch in the gut. I'm not sure I ever totally got over it. Well, he's really and truly gone now, but he's left us so much wonderful work that will be admired for generations to come. That's got to be some con consul con uh, consultation. Consolation. 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 I'm sorry. Consolation. Right. Thank you, Steve, is what he wrote. 
So, okay. um, one last thing. I just saw this on Twitter, and I wanted to. I wanted to. It was because it's th- from Steve Ditko's own hand. Oh. Uh, it's a, these were two letters that he wrote. He says, Dear Nick, I'm glad you enjoyed those Spider-Man stories. I quit doing Spider-Man in the late 1960s, and I have never done any more Spider-Man art since then, so I can't do any commissions. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the devil breaker on YouTube says to check uh, Jerry Conway's Twitter. Okay, hold on. Here, I'll, I, got it. I got it. I got something from Paul. D- uh, no, no, you already read that. Down. I already read that one. Here, I got, I got Conway coming up. You got him? Here we go. In my mind, this book contains the pinnacle of Ditko's work on Spider-Man, which is Marvel Masterworks Volume 4, Spider-Man 31 to 40. Uh, Let's see. Conway also wrote, sad news, I only met Ditko once, though he drew several of my scripts. A quiet guy, he seemed more distant than intense. Wish he'd found more joy as a creator to equal the joy he gave me as a fan. What an amazing, incomparable talent. Mm. That was that was a good that was a good quote. That's the a good one thing. Quote. One thing that was interesting, made looking over the uh, Hollywood Reporter article, where they uh, talk about um, there's a couple paragraphs where the uh, Craig, uh, Greg uh, Wyke of Beyond Comics TV, he's yeah. talk, uh, how he's talked about. He says it struck up a friendship with Ditko over the last year of his life, and would visit him in his Manhattan office where he would find the legendary crater well-dressed and sporting a beret as though he had stepped out of the 1940s. Ditko continued to work on his own creations, though he didn't share the details of them with of Wyke, who recalls Ditko seeming younger than his years. Quote, he wasn't 90. He seemed like a young, cool artist who happened to have an aged body. Um, and he says, recalls, he, he well recalls asking Ditko about his relation with Lee and says the artist looked down and told him, we're peaceful. Uh, when Welk learned of Ditko's death, when he went to visit him on Friday, the security guard informed him of the artist passing. The security guard told him that Welk Wyke, uh, was one of the few people over the last past four years the artist had allowed up into his office. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's deep. Mm-hmm. That's significant. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it's just, it's just yeah. again, go back to the guy, how he's... Um, no, stay down here for me, okay? What, what individuals and everything. I Brad, mean, just uh, no, Brad forgetting no, no. to mute his okay, mic. Fine. Yeah, so we, you can hear his conversation. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Um, but you forgot, yeah. you forgot just, to mute. You forgot to mute Douglas. Good job. Oh, sorry. That's all right. All right. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, just it just just goes to show that that one. I mean, how you know that he was willing to let that guy up and, and everything like into that into his office like that and even when he's been when he's so reclusive and stuff it just kind of i mean when you when you look at the elderly in general i mean a lot of times mm-hmm. they just are looking for somebody to talk to and mm-hmm. and so many times we see we see people alone um that they don't have anybody to you know their families have moved away or they've passed away or they're you know they're like they go recluse and so it was it, it's nice to hear that he had Somebody at least that was checking on him. A social I, worker. I, I, honestly, I I doubt he. No, was. another fellow comic book artist. Sadly. I, I I really I I doubt he was lonely. I I'm pretty sure Ditko was a okay with being completely 100 percent alone. Right, because there's a difference between being alone, being between being wanting to being alone and and solitude. That's and he, right. I think yeah. he he craved solitude is what he did. Yeah, and that I, solitude I, I, is not I, necessarily a loneliness. It's just no. And I think that, yeah, that just I, seems. So foreign to me. What, George? Do you think it's foreign? I mean, no, hell no. God, I if I was ninety, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. What are, you, <laughs> are you kidding me? Good lord, no. 
I don't even like leaving the apartment now, Jack. He barely talks to us as it is. I mean, really, like, like if you want me to, to, like, come visit you, like, free food. Pretty much is like like uh, hey George we got a brisket okay I'll call, I'll stop by <laughs> right I'm like, I'm yeah I'll, I'll make an effort if only I'll, someone I'll, offered him a brisket you know <laughs> I, I, oh, I text funny. George hey I'm coming through town you want to go to El Phoenix yes that's the only way I see George yeah I mean like if Zach was like hey do you want to meet up at a park and and just talk to one another and look at ducks I'd be like you yeah, know yeah I think I'm just gonna stay here in the AC. <laughs> How about if we eat duck? <laughs> Avi, welcome. You're our first caller. What's up, hey. man? Not a whole lot, Brad. How are you doing? I'm oh, good, we're, man. We're mobile. Javi's going to like give us a tour. Of Javi, the- no doubt. <laughs> hey, Javi, how did you learn about Steve Ditko's passing? Talk to me about that a little bit. Uh, through the site. Okay. Through uh, the crawl space. I was checking Facebook as I was leaving work today, and I uh, just did a quick check to see what updates there were, and and saw, you know, bazillion links notifications. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm still kind of processing everything. What, uh, wh- what's your thoughts of uh, your, f- your favorite Ditko memory or what, what uh, do you remember the first time you saw his art? Uh, the first, well, the first issue of any comic that I can remember ever is uh, the Marvel Tales reprint of Amazing Number no. 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that- Doctor Doom? Yeah, with Doctor Doom, and that's what yeah. hooked me. I mean, it had the Fantastic Four in it. There were two Spider-Men in it. it. It had Flash being a bully, Peter taking it all in stride, and yeah, doing the right thing, but not getting you know the proper recognition for it. And uh, that just kind of kind of charted the course for me. Javier, you and I, I think, are about the same age. I'm 43. Are you? How old are you? I just turned 41 uh, two there weeks you go. ago. So you and I were the age range when those Marvel Tales were being reprinted in the 80s. Yes. The first Ditko, like Marvel Tales 137, I think, was Amazing Fantasy 15. So yeah, that's reprinted. that's what my dad would buy me. He wouldn't same buy here. me Amazing the current issues, he would buy me Marvel Tales because that's what he grew up reading. As a kid, did you know it was a reprint? Because I didn't know it was a reprint. I don't think I did. I don't yeah. think I really had understanding because especially jumping in where I did, it was mm-hmm. the fifth issue yeah. and I got everyone after that. So that was just the beginning of Spider-Man. Exactly. I just yeah. thought it was a, a new version of Spider-Man. It was telling his history for the first time. So it was kind of nice as a young kid to be introduced an eighties kid introduced to yeah. what sixties kids had back in the day. I mean, he was 20 years old at that point, but to me, I felt like I was in on the ground level. Yeah. And so, some of the other panelists, did from. you, were you introduced to Ditko through Marvel tales also, or, um, actually it was through, um, I think it was actually through my first, probably was a collection, uh, booklet of where they reprinted amazing fantasy 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was like, you know, and, it's interesting how there's commentary about the reading the earlier tweet about uh, you know Amazing Fantasy 25 because that's actually was one of my actually was one of my, my favorite comics from uh, of the you know from the early run and yeah. because of that fact of the way it was illustrated and everything like this it's yeah. like yeah it was a, uh, let's let's go around the panel real quick uh, Jr I've never heard how did you discover Ditko what was your first you remember the first time you saw his art. Probably, I'm, I was thinking about this. Probably, um, there was a, a series of um, paperback books uh, in the seventies, and that yeah. reprinted early issues. The first one reprinted Amazing Fantasy fifteen through Amazing Spider Man six. Yeah, 
And that probably, I mean, uh, right now, uh, as far as I can think, um, as far back as I can go, uh, that's probably my first uh, first time I saw his art. George, how about you? Do you remember the first time you saw Ditko stuff? Uh, I don't remember exactly which issue it was, but it was definitely like in a, like a Marvel Tales. Yeah. Like an old like, back issue of Marvel Tales. Yeah. Shaitan, how about you? Marvel Masterworks, a hardcover. Oh, yeah. In 87 when they came out. I remember mm-hmm. those. That's funny. Uh, we haven't heard Zach. When, when was the first time you saw Ditko stuff? Oh, I don't remember. I remember getting my first Ditko reprint, um, and it was a reprint of ASM one. Yeah, it had the it had the silver border. I think it was the 30th anniversary edition. Yeah, I remember. I remember picking that up and like being excited. Oh my god, it's ASM one! And then I'm like, it's worth like five cents. And you, uh, you know, his art is very subjective. Well, art. All art is subjective, and I know George and I have talked about this. George prefers Ramita, and I guess in the long run, I do prefer Ramita. Now, uh, I do, I do prefer Ditko on Ditko's earlier work on Doctor Strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. what I that's where I like Ditko. Now, I, I didn't hate Ditko on Spider Man. I'm just like, yeah. that's not it's not my definitive Spider Man, except for like ASM thirty three, which is more of a character defining moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is my favorite Ditko uh, issue. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like when I think of Spider-Man, I definitely think of the Ramita Spider-Man. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think that the uh, Javi, you can answer this since you're, are, <laughs> uh, do you think he would have the popularity he would if Ditko stayed on a hundred issues? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, no, I think so. I think he was doing something original and unique for compared to everything else. Um, and it just, it stood out. He had an energy and I was, you know, looking through all my digital copies that I have mm-hmm. trying to put together like a, a piece to post on my Instagram. And there's just, you can't pick one or even seven. There's just so many good panels yeah. and images that just they're dynamic and striking even by today's standards. I, I've often thought that Ramita is like the third father. Yeah. I, I mean, totally. I, I, I think, Steve and Stan launched him into the stratosphere, but uh, Ramita took him even farther into the universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so I don't think without those three men, I think we, we would have the pop. I don't think we'd be on this show if we didn't have those three guys. With, no. with, with, with the FF, it's, it's the fantastic. It's, it's Kirby and, and Stan with mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I, you know, even Greg Wiseman had always would mention John. It was Stan, Steve and John, because mm-hmm. those, uh, Ditko was the foundational piece, but really, Ramita is what made it mainstream. I, I think I asked this on a Ditko News a while back. What would Ramita's Spider-Man costume look like if Ditko had didn't design it? It would it would probably be more muscular. It would probably be more classic superhero-ish. Yes. Because and I I think I read in that. Uh, several interviews spider-man's costume was it looked like a villain yes i I don't know where i read that but i've i've heard that before uh they they talked about that pretty extensively in the uh, like on spider-man one dvd um yeah set and stuff like that yeah so um yeah yeah javi any other thoughts or anything you want to ask us or um no just that you know i'm i'm not surprised that it happened 
and I'm not surprised that he was found the way he was. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I'm just I'm just kind of shocked that you know, uh, his art was such a big you know influence on what I loved about the character mm-hmm. or what started that love. And it's you know not to be over dramatic, but it's like it's that's a piece of my childhood that just mm-hmm. isn't around anymore in a certain way. I've been asking everybody, Javi, before you go, do you think Steve D- Ditko was happy? I think he was content. That's a good, that's very good. I think yeah. he was content. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Javi, always a pleasure, man. We, we enjoy yeah, your reviews you and your work on the, on the site. You're a friend, true and true for coming on, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, gentlemen. You guys have a good night. You too, man. Yeah, you too. Bye, Javi. All right. Next, next up on the live callers, we've got Ryan Reed. Uh, as soon as he uh, clicks on. Let me, uh, I've already, I've already sent him the link, so he should be coming on any second. Okay. Okay. There goes Javi and you sent it Ryan. Okay. Yep. Uh, again, if you'd like to join our show, uh, email Zach, or we will send you the, uh, the link. The easiest way, honestly, okay, is, go ahead. Is uh, going to be just give me your email address. I will send you a message. Um, and that way I know that you can get it and then we'll uh, go from there. Okay. So we got Ryan on the line. Here your email address again. Uh, Chronicles at gmail.com. There you go. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? I meant, I meant to ask, uh, Javi, where, do you guys know where Javi is from? It, it escapes me at the moment. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And Ryan, where are you from again? Uh, I live in Genoa, Illinois. There you go. In ILR, just like so me. how did you hear about Steve Ditko passing, Ryan? Um, believe it or not, I was um, doing some searches on Facebook. I was getting some pictures uh, up and going. All of a sudden, I read an article that uh, Steve Deco had died, and I was just like shocked. So I was uh, going through all the different informations, and then I just found that out that he had just passed away. What What were your thoughts when you, the police found him and and uh, social worker came to check? You hadn't heard from him in a few days, or? Well, I, I found that kind of very interesting, too. But at the same time, um, Steve Deco um, lived a very solitary life. I remember when I wrote him a fan letter a couple of years ago. Uh, that is I had, true. I remember you wrote a letter and you got a reply. Tell me a bit about that. Well, um, I wrote him a letter. I was uh, ta- I had gotten his address for fan letter, and I had decided to actually, instead of like ask about Spider-Man, I talked about Mysterio because he was my favorite um, Spider-Man villain. He was actually the first exposure I ever had to Steve Ditko was my grandfather. Actually, I had the original copy of Amazing Spider uh, Amazing Spider Man thirteen. Um, this was about eighty two when this happened. It was in pretty beat up. That was my first exposure to it. And I was used to the John Romita Senior Spider Man because this right. was just before Amazing Spider Man and his uh, Amazing Friends had started on NBC. So. Um, yeah, I decided to ask him about that, and he actually wrote up about talking about uh, horror influences of uh, Vincent Price and everything that actually influenced his ideas, like the original mm. House of Wax, which is actually how he mm. got the design for Mysterio and the kind of, like, you didn't know who he looked behind the fishbowl. He talked about a couple other things. I also told him I had guest gotten a uh, book published, and he was you know saying, congratulations, very hard work. Remember to always do it for yourself, to do the work you feel is uh, top for you. So, That's cool. I mean, I didn't want to say anything Spider-Man because I knew he, I probably had another <laughs> yeah, stop right that, there. That's, like, that's a trigger word. Why do you think it was a trigger word for him? He did not want to talk about Spider-Man anymore. 
Yeah, no, that's really interesting because you guys were talking, I was listening to you guys, you were talking yeah. about uh, J.M. DeMantis' talk about how he said Spider-Man. Believe it or not, I was checking um, Nick Spencer and believe it or not, Dan Slott's uh, social network feed and Dan Slott himself even said too is like, it was something he thinks was just way whatever led to the split between him and Stan Lee and Marvel. He doesn't know if it was over Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, but he basically says, you know, that was taboo for anybody entering the industry um, yeah. when, when it came to um, Steve Dick because um even um uh who was it he mentioned oh it was um tim sale tim sale had actually said that some of his work was influenced earlier on you know him and jack kirby and he was about to say spider-man and uh steve looked at tim and said don't say it that is a part <laughs> of my history yeah but like talking about it's his kryptonite yeah um, what was your first introduction to Ditka? Oh, well, you already said it was at uh, Doctor Doom's. Oh, what, what the Mysterio? Mysterio. Yeah, it was amazing. Spider-Man thirteen, really beat up kind of version. I actually have a reprint I got as a gift um, of uh, Mysterio, including a collector's card that I have right now. I was That's actually cool. looking after um, after I was reading the news and the different articles about how they found him. I actually went downstairs and uh, pulled it up. Actually, was yeah. looking at it. So it was a any summer. any. Questions for us, or anything you'd like to ask us, or what? What, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, everybody's been talking, but I think an uh, interesting thing too is, what do you think was actually Steve Ditko's best Spider-Man con- contribution? You know, he was the one the who did the original contribution. The uh, the suit, I think the suit, yeah, the costume, the costume by far. Mm-hmm. Right, we were just talking mm-hmm. about uh, what if Romita dr- designed the costume? What would it look like? Would it be more heroic, bigger muscles, not so scrawny? No uh, weapons. <laughs> no weapons. Yeah, no, probably not a full. Co- probably not a full face mask. Yeah, I mean that was that, that's an interesting thing because I mean, I mean Steve, you know they they said it too. He was the very first artist to ever draw a superhero costume without underoos in any shape or form. Almost everybody, DC, Marvel, some of the old ho- horror comics. You know, he he had. You know, he was the first character that actually had a belt more than underwear. And when he went on to create characters such as. Hawk and Dove for DC, as well as um, the question. He was looking into much more darker aspects because Steve himself said himself he just he never liked underoos. He thought it looked ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Besides the costume, the rest of the panel. What do you think his biggest contribution was besides the costume? I, I oh. think it was. Go ahead, Jr. Uh, I think it was keeping Spider-Man grounded um, because when you look at uh, the original Mar- the uh, the first, uh, you know. Uh, the Fantastic Four and the Hulk. I mean, they were they were largely very science fiction oriented villains uh, fighting aliens and yeah. and things of that nature. And uh, you know, even though you know you had the terrible Tinker issue in number two, I think Steve, you know when you look at the other villains that Steve helped create or write about. I mean, you had the Big Man, uh, Crime Master. I mean, Spider Man. Uh, you know, fought thugs and punks, and you know the Sandman was a was a big thug, and and um, the Green Goblin in Stan's original version was a was an Egyptian was a spirit from an Egyptian sarcophagus, you know, and then and then Ditko turned him into a you know a colorful, uh, you know, criminal villain. But I think I think that was another one of Steve's major contributions is just making sure that Spider Man was a down to earth, literally and figuratively. Uh, superhero. The uh, I I randomly just uh, searched for st- characters co-created by Steve Ditko. We're gonna go by alphabet. Liz Allen, the Ancient One, Robbie Baldwin, which is the uh, Speedball, Billy Connors, Betty Brant, the Burglar, the Chameleon, 
uh, the Creeper for DC, uh, Doctor Strange, Dormammu, the uh, Electro, the Enforcers, Eternity, Fancy Dan, Farley Stillwell, uh, Frederick Foswell, Max Gargan, or Matt Gargan, Hawk and Dove, uh, Jack O'Lantern, the Jack, the Jackal? I don't think he created the Jackal, did he? No. No, no, not the Jackal, but the Jack, Jack O'Lantern first appeared in Machine Man, I believe. Okay, J. So, Jonah um, Jameson, John Jameson, uh, Craven the Hunter, Ned Leeds, The Living Brain, The Lizard, The Looter, uh, Martha Connors, Aunt May, uh, let's see, The Molten Man, Baron Mordo, Vulture. Um, Mysterio, Nightmare, Dr. Octopus, Harry Osborne, Norman Osborne, Princess Python, The Question, The... The Marvel Sandman, Sinister Six, Spencer Smythe, Spider-Man, Spider-Slayer, Squirrel Girl, Gwen Stacy, Mendel Strom, uh, Glenn Talbot. Oh, I didn't think about that. Flash Thompson. Wow. Flash Thompson, The Tinkerer, Uncle Ben, The Vulture. He, it says Mary Jane Watson. Granted, she was covered by a flower. I'm going to give Romita that one. Yeah. Uh, and also Wong from Doctor Strange. That yeah. can you? That is a ton of characters. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. That he was the well, first. Now, notice it's all. And the thing is, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of those characters you named off. I mean, it's pretty much. He's pretty much he credited with pretty much nearly the majority of the supporting cast and the villains as we know it. I yes. mean, it's just no, nothing, nothing besides yeah. the Ditko era stuck. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No. Well, well, I, well. The, the Rhino was a Ramita. Yeah, but and okay. the Shocker, Mary yeah. Jane stuck. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, and the Scorpion. As far as the uh, scorecard, well, the Scorpion was created by Ditko. King oh, that's right. I'm Ramita sorry. King, 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 King that's the two. I'm getting mixed up. Yeah. All right, Ryan, any other thoughts before you take another call? Um, you know, it's just like, you know, it's a passing of a legend. I remember years ago, just before I got back into comics, when Jack Kirby had passed away. So, you know, and I, I remember him from the fourth world, which is a lot of my stuff with Captain America and Fantastic Four. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, a, a, the ending of an era with someone. Okay. And I mean, and he did pass away similar to how he had lived the last four or five decades of his life, too. And yeah. hopefully his legacy lives on. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Thank you, sir. No problem, guys. Have a good night. You too, man. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, after uh, after that uh, incredibly long uh, list that yeah. we listened to, um, <laughs> the uh, the thing that that way to be passive aggressive. The, the thing. Well, I mean, you know. It's it just, George. It just went on for years. Uh, <laughs> kind of like you're getting to your point. <laughs> well, we keep we keep derailing me, but um, no, uh, Doctor Octopus. Uh, you know, a lot of those villains that we listed on that uh, on that you know incredibly <laughs> agonizingly long list. Um, a lot of them have changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Since the Ditko years, Doctor Octopus's personality, by and large, is still very much like it was back in those early days. Yep. Who do you who uh, do you think's changed? Craven still seems the same. Uh, no, Brad Craven. No. Oh God, no. God, are you high on crack cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. still is on the hunt for Spider Man. No, he's not. He's just no. a little bit more suicidal since JMD Matias. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I, never mind. I got. Right. I give. I give him the hell up. 
Well, well I mean, a, I, I, I think the normal people understand what the hell. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like, I think everybody I think, but Douglas. I think everyone except Brad right now understands what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyone on the YouTube chat understands exactly what the hell I'm talking uh, about. Right. Yeah. At the very least, when you think of Doctor, that's the thing about Doctor Octopus. I mean, I mean, that's the aside from Spider Man, that's the other guy. When you look at him, you know instantly who that character is with the yeah. arms and everything like this. And I mean, like no. And yeah, and, and just his personality—the bombastic, mm-hmm. over-the-top supervillain. I mean, a lot. I mean, Norman has changed exponentially since yes. the show, uh, and so have most of the other villains. But Doctor Octopus, by and large, per, now the, I'm not saying that uh, you know, like obviously, there's been a lot of history. You know, we had the whole thing with Aunt May. We had there's moments where Otto is is even heroic in mm-hmm. his own way. But I mean, by and large, his just his base personality. Yeah. Is, is it's 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 still consistent with what Dico right. and and Lee did. Zach is working in the uh, the green room to get uh, another caller on. Who do we got? Anybody? Well, our next caller will be Action Gamer as soon as he uh, hops on the line. Okay. Yeah, cool. I um, you know want to address something I uh, I'm seeing in the comments here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I don't want to start an argument with this or a debate or anything. Uh, Gino Ames says I honestly believe Spidey owes more to Ditko than Lee. Mm. Um, Mm. regardless mm. i stan peter parker i think is stan lee's creation you know i mean ditko may have, i mean peter parker may look like ditko looked at 16 years old i think there's some basis for that but the character of peter parker which is absolutely essential to spider-man mm-hmm. i think was created and molded by stan lee I, and i i mean i don't think i don't think spider-man could exist without either man look i agree i think it's 50 50 honestly you had i mean like mm-hmm. I, and i think this was even from marvel the untold story or it may have been something anecdotal that we because we've talked about this before but at like mm-hmm. one point like ditko was writing in like people yelling out like or spider-man calling people dirty hippies mm-hmm. yeah and stuff like that and stanley was like oh hell no we can't have no uh, the the character that we know has way more to do with Stan Lee than it, than it, I mean, because otherwise, Stan, you know, you would have had Spidey running around talking about, you know, objectivism and, <laughs> you know, uh, things like he would have, he would have been quoting Atlas Shrugged. Well, you know, I mean, the thing like is, that. there is definitely, but there's definitely kind of a marked difference in terms of style and tone when you look at the Ditko comics versus when, um, uh, when John Romita Sr. came on board, especially, I mean, there's, Especially when you get into the later stuff, I mean, they even talk about it in terms of documentary in in that one documentary about Steve Ditko that was came out a couple of years, where in terms like it almost felt like even though Stan Lee is like writing the things, it almost Ditko still kind of had his influence kind of seep in there, and there was definitely kind of a little bit more of a. In some ways, it was kind of a darker book. I think in a little bit, the Spider Man was in those early those early issues than compared to the Ramita ones. Um, I, so I, I, think, I, I will say that in the Ramita years, Spidey, Spidey just started beating ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. straight right. up, he just started beating ass rather than mm-hmm. just a, oh, you know, kind of punch and all, oh, you know, with like yeah, a little right. concussion bubble or whatever. I mean, just, just straight up, just started tearing people apart in the Ramita Yeah, but, the, but also the terms of the style thing. I mean, that the, the image of, you know, when we see Spider-Man in a multiple pan, like on in multiple places at once indicates speed, that's Ditko too. I mean, everyone yeah. kind of yeah. like that's that's classic yep. stuff. Thing. Yep. Same with the with the half mask thing for indicates fire sense. Um, I would even say um, I'm not sure if he's, if he's mentioned anything, but I think a lot of Tom McFarlane's Spider-Man work it's totally Ditko influenced. If you look yeah. at his stuff, what uh, he was doing there. Early days, Ron friends. I mean, he was really yes. Um, 
very much so was doing a a, a Steve Ditko type. I mean, you read the kid who collected Spider Man, and it, that's very much a Steve Ditko. Um, and even even in the early days of, of the Defalco run with with Ron, um, very much was a Steve Ditko influenced create um, Spider Man. Now you you look at Steve Ditko or uh, Steve, uh, you look at Ron. Now it's more Ramita influenced, mm-hmm. like especially his mm-hmm. later Spider Girl work. I would agree. Uh, but Friends did a great poster that I had in the eighties. It was old and new, and it was split yeah. down the middle, and the I, left looked. Uh, I, I thought both sides looked Ditko-ish. Very much. But, uh, uh, it, it was a great poster that was in my bedroom. For I, yeah, I, I had the same poster in my bedroom. It was on the back of my of my door, and uh, for, it, oh, uh, it, yeah. I, for, you know, guys, I, I think I had like Farrah Fawcett, and, <laughs> but uh, but you know, go I ahead. Had, I had Cheryl Ladd. And Kate Jackson. So I, I had Joe Jusco Mary Jane swimsuit edition. That's what I was. Right, Shy Town? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was in my room. I remember that one. Um let's try another caller. I didn't think that one worked, uh, Zach. Yeah, action gamers having issues. Uh, okay. I, don't, I don't have anybody else up on the if you would like to join for a lot of callers, post your email in the chat and I'll add I'll send you the link. I'll see if I can get some gospel players to join. Okay, cool. Whoa, whoa, do not try to um don't call me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you. <laughs> uh do we have a favorite Ditko issue uh that we can talk amongst the panel? Uh George, you got one that comes to the top of your head? Oh yeah, I've already mentioned it. It's uh, ASM thirty three. With mm-hmm. the lifting of the heavy Something stuff. That was horrendously mangled mm-hmm. in Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, no, that I mean that that that's the earliest uh, defining moment, yeah, for me as a Spider-Man fan is when is when you know that that whole Master Planner Doctor Octopus arc. Oh yeah, uh, but like when he's buried and he's just ready to yeah. give up, and then he's like, nope, hell no, can't give up. Too me, you know, too much riding on it. Just not not going to do it. You know, um, and, and, that, that, and that defined the character for so many other moments throughout his that character's history of him just not giving the hell up. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just, I, so go dark. ahead, Mike. I think, I mean, it wasn't so much, I think it might have been spread out over basically issues 18 and 19, where we had, where basically for a moment, um, Spider-Man got like, I think it was after an issue where he's fighting the Green Goblin and Ant May gets sick and he has to kind of retire. And so there's a whole series of issues where, where J. Jonah Jameson has this big, wide-eyed, you know, grin the whole time. And then there's, a, I think it was in 19, where Jonah finds, finds out, that Spider-Man's back in action. And there's a series of panels, like three of them, where you see Jonah's smile disappear. And I was thinking, that was probably, it was just, in terms of, like, artistic thing, it was just, like, you know, just a brilliant, just the way he, you know, Ditko drew that, just showing that emotion thing. Yeah, it was slightly exaggerated, but it was just, like, for me, that's, like, wow, you know, when I was read that for the first time, it's like, wow, this is just some really couple that come to mind uh gino actually just said in our youtube chat the annual the first annual the first appearance of the sinister six um mm-hmm. I, I, that I, in marvel tales 150 it was i've got how much did this cost back in 1983 this came out it was a whopping one dollar for a double size issue of marvel tales where it reprinted the whole annual and mm-hmm. i loved that because back in the day, I don't think – you guys can correct me. I don't think artists wasted a full page for a splash like they do now. And I, the thing I remember about that annual is 
wasn't the knockout punch or some some during the fight there was one whole page that Ditko drew. There's uh, six of them. There's mm-hmm. six yeah, full there's page, six, six full page pieces of art in that annual. That's just yeah. beautiful, and I, I I think that's just one of the best ones uh, of Ditko. Also, from purely a Spider-Man Hulk fan and Norman Osborn fan, uh, Amazing Fourteen with uh, Jr. and George. We've done this on History and Fight Club. It's a dumb story, but my my um, seven eight year old eyes can't see it that way. I just love that book so much. Well, you know, um, I, I know that it was uh, issue 39, the first one where I took over. So uh, <laughs> when we were talking about uh, those fights, but, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, Ditko uh, created the look of so many characters. I mean, yeah. if, uh, if, if you look under, like, for the old website, uh, you know, like Ditko looked up, and I think, and, uh, you know, you see predecessors to Aunt May, Uncle Ben, Liz Allen, the Lizard, and Norman Osborn. And, and you know, I, I, I don't have a particular favorite disc Ditko issue, but obviously his uh, influence on the creation of the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn. I mean, Norman's hair, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just... You know who that is. I mean, it's it's uh, when you see him because of that weird hair, you know who that is. Uh, and uh, it's just one of those things that one of those little artistic touches that have no no real bearing on how somebody really looks. But mm-hmm. it's just an indelible image that defines or is part of the definition of that character. Um, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's that's that's, uh, you know, all credit to Ditko, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, any other issues that stand out for you guys? Let's see. Um, we haven't mentioned. Let's see. What was another one? Um, probably, again, going back to 25. I mean, we talked about that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's, but there's, again, 33. There's so many images of there. Um, and I think it just the, oh, what was it, Dane? Um, but, yeah, just, I mean, you're it's kind of trying to think of trying to, think about because there's so many of them but uh george is one of your favorites the annual second annual with spidey and doc strange um i i i don't really know i I, that's not it's not actually one of my favorite doctor strange things i think there were other better i don't think spidey and doc strange mixed that well uh i I don't know maybe it's me they i mean they do but um I, i i don't know just the early stuff with them is not as strong for me uh, as like the actually like the later stuff that, that came out okay but I, I i mean i don't get me wrong i mean i've always liked the spidey dr strange dynamic i i've actually thought that spidey works better with dr strange uh than he does ever than he ever does as an avenger um <laughs> it's same thing with the fantastic four uh, I just think he's a, he's a more natural fit working with Doctor Strange, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, uh, that kind of thing, or showing up in the X Men and kicking uh, their ass <laughs> in their own book. So the the other biggest Mary Jane fan that I know of besides myself is Shy Town. What would Mary Jane look like if Steve Ditko drew her? Um, well, her face would be a, a flower pot, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but I, you know. It, even though you know she, he kind of introduced the character. I'm always going to see John Romata as uh, Mary Jane, artist, the first you know mm-hmm. designed her or whatnot, because he he's he specifically had a task: make Mary Jane look like knockout beautiful, 
And I don't think Dicko could have done that, to tell you the truth. She would have looked. He would have looked just. She would have looked like uh, Liz Allenish. If you remember, remember the issue where uh, you see Liz and Betty say, "Oh my God, that's Mary Jane." You know the celebrity. They kind of look the same, and then Mary Jane would look exactly like Liz and Betty Brandt. But I, I think Ramada really defined who Mary Jane was, and especially Gwen Stacy too. Even though I'm a Mary Jane fan, but I, they, I kind of, I kind of think the joke would have been that that Steve Ditko would purposely kind of leave Mary Jane's face obscured if if he stayed on the book forever, because that would have been the gag that. If he stayed on, I think his idea would have been home improvement. (laughs) Yeah, face it, Tiger. Pretty much, like the rest of me. (laughs) No, no. The the idea was, I think, if I read somewhere, the idea was that Peter would never have met her, but everyone who else would have, and say that she was being this knockout gorgeous thing, and Peter would somehow always miss her, and then so therefore, always, always think that she was like really hideous, but not, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. so he would have, so, so Dicko would never, he would always probably say, if he, I think if he stayed on the book, he would always have found some way to kind of obscure face. Like you said, Mr. Wilson, and just like everyone else, like, um, I don't know, but who knows? It'd be one of those, um, for some reason, I think that sounds like kind of thematically kind of like his thing, it would be his thing. Um, I think that things like the Parker Luck, mm-hmm. um, Ditko got better. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he got better than Ramita, but like he, I think he got the, the, he had a good sense of irony. Yeah, uh, um, that some don't know how to do today. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few, very few writers can nail irony. They, mm. it, it's so contrived nowadays. It, it's not irony is subtle mm-hmm. until it hits you in the face. Whereas there is no subtlety with modern writers, uh, and I'm just speaking in general when it comes to irony, uh, mm-hmm. and they they can't, yeah. So still trying to get. Uh, it's okay. Um, I, I I'm asking the the YouTubers before we wrap this show up um, what uh, they would like us to answer. I thought we'd stay on the line and ask answer there, some of their questions. There, there's there's kind of something I. Want to uh, want to say, and yeah. you know, I this is kind of the uh, a little bit of the the problem I have with with Ditko in a way in his personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people who are saying, well, you know, Ditko he did it his way, you know, and you know, no apologies, and you know, and I, and I, and that's great, but but part of me thinks of how much comics history is just lost. Yes, because mm-hmm. he was so goddamned. Stubborn, obstinate. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, he never is wrote the word down. selfish. Do you think it's selfish? To, I think it, it is in a way. I think yeah. it is in a way when it, it's it's it, 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 we're you know all we're some we're we're what you think and what you feel is the most absolute important thing, and nobody else's mm. opinion matters. You know, no, you know, credit can't be shared or blame can't be assumed. You know, I mean, I, I get the impression that Ditko, you know, one reason Ditko wasn't married was I can't see the man compromising. I mean, yeah. any, oh, yeah. any, any kind of relationship, you know, require uh, requires compromise. Uh, and, you know, the, I mean, even if it wasn't Stan, you know, mm-hmm. and even if 
certain of stands. I mean, come on, you know, to be honest, I mean, and I know that we'll probably wind up having another special podcast. Stan took far more credit in those early days than he should have. Mm-hmm. He absolutely mm-hmm. did. I mean, like I said, if you read the history of Marvel Comics, that first book from the 70s, it's like Stan had, I had, this, I, I had these great ideas, and then I asked Jack and Steve to draw them. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, I mean, Steve, I mean, really the only way we know what the Kirby Spider-Man might have looked like is because Ditko did a rendition of him when mm-hmm. Ditko was making, doing one of his essays, you know, and, and, you know, the whole argument is like, you know, who was the Green Goblin originally supposed to be, you know, and we think, you know, it was always that Ditko always created it with Norman in mind, but we don't know for sure. You know, who created who, who gave the name to who, who decided that somebody was going to look a certain way. Um, The the whole creative process, so much history. is, And and really, to be honest, with Kirby, too, because Kirby just had a way of looking at things and was so bitter about his relationship with Lee. But so much so much comics history, I think, is lost just because Mm -hmm. Ditko was so, like I said, so goddamn obstinate. Terry James says Ditko gave his side of the story in, in several essays, Jr. I mean, but he didn't give. He he gave. I mean, he, I didn't read. I haven't read all these, and I don't. But he. The I problem think he is shrouded. It, he shrouded it in mystery. It wasn't like a factual. You know, it wasn't like you know. Here's what happened. Stan said this. I said this. You know, so and so threw this in. I based it on this particular individual. I mean, he. It's so much of it is shrouded in his. Uh, uh, philosophical underpinnings mm-hmm. that, that, you know, uh, it, it, it's not, I, I don't think he left a satisfactory record behind that. Well, I mean, that's it, my opinion. Well, I mean, it, and also, I mean, I've, I mean, what, what Jay's are bringing up, I mean, and I've seen this comparison often made is that, that they could describe him as, as Ditko as a JD Salinger of comics, essentially, because both, both of them are, but I mean, granted, both men had very different views on, on, I, them, but, I th- but in terms of, in terms of like being both very private individuals and and also they keep talking about how Ditko was still kind of working even up to his death, apparently. So if he's got a bunch of stuff like laying around in his apartment that he never bothered to publish and it's just sitting there, you know, somebody's going, you know, I, I, re- I read it somewhere that Ditko, somebody went to Ditko's uh, apartment and they did see like. A law, he drew like Doctor Strange stories or something. You know, this could mm-hmm. be fact or fiction. But oh, they, sure. They, they saw him that he did continue to re- draw Doctor Strange. He just didn't release them. Mm-hmm. That's one of the rumors that I've heard over the years. I, uh, I, I going back to Jr.'s earlier point about um, Ditko being selfish and there's all this stuff you know that we don't know and uh, you know there's what was the last thing you said about that jr about uh abstinent or no 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 about like i i guess like the history not being complete or whatever like that yeah, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I i think ditko's general uh thing would be would be so what mm-hmm. i mean ditko like if you were to like if ditko were here to talk to you now he would i, I think just from his standpoint i mean he's so individualistic i, th- I think he would have just been i don't owe you anything that's all in your head. That's how you feel. I it's I don't I, I did work. I, I drew a character. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I have to agree. I have to t- I have to say I do not understand that in the slightest. I mean, I I remember I'm I'm a, I'm a guy who hates uh, hates unsolved mysteries in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate not knowing who killed John Benet Ramsey. I, right. You know, things like that. I have to know. Oh, wow. I, and and the. Uh, you know, and the thing that there's this this all this treasure trove of history that is unknown now, 
I just hate that. I just really do. I hate yeah. not knowing. I mean, we as fans can hate that, but at the same time, I think, you know, if he was here, Ditko would be like, yeah, and, I don't know and I don't anything. Yeah. And I don't understand that. I actually do get that. I, I do get mm-hmm. that. And, and uh, cause you know, a lot of, you know, we've been talking, I think I'm actually probably more like Ditko than probably anybody here. Mm. Um, because like, you know, like I look at Ditko and Ditko was hey. pr- principal was hey. very big with Ditko. You know, and I've taken principled stands on thing before. It didn't buy 800. Wasn't going to pay $10 for a comic book, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but also, I mean, like just, in you know, just her own, you know, your, your own personal freedom. I I, under, I get this cat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get not wanting to be around a lot of people. I get, I you know, like it's the same reason why I won't ever get married. I see too many of my friends say, well, yeah, I have, let me ask permission first from, from my significant <laughs> other. And I'm like, Oh hell no. I'd rather, I'd rather get eaten by, by Komodo dragons than have her have to ask permission for something. I see, I see where George is heading. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I, so I, I get Ditko. I really yeah. do on a lot of levels. And it's funny to me to see all of these people. Now, a lot of the creators who, because if Ditko had kept talking, Mm-hmm. And had kept like you know just out in the spotlight and like gave you know, interviews to CBR every half hour whenever they wanted mm-hmm. clickbait or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And he would talk you know very specifically and very openly about what he actually believed. I guarantee you, a lot of these people would be hating him. Mm-hmm. They, oh, they yeah. would be. They would be. Well, I mean, and that's why they, that's why I think a lot of it is is um, the way you hear even what you know prior to stuff like well they were talk all these talk about how Ditka was a very complex individual. But in no, no, it's in terms of complex is because in terms of what his what his his beliefs kind of conflicted a lot of the times with theirs with and theirs so exactly. to, and, and how they were trying to con- and how he says and how they were trying to reconcile like here's this guy who's this, this incredibly influential and very creative artist and they're thinking well but his beliefs are so you know off the wall and everything they're so like, alien to guy, us yeah. yeah how could this how could this guy how could somebody like this create Doctor Strange for example. I think Spider-Man. Dicko just liked his freedom. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely, he did. Absolutely, he did. Uh, I, yeah. I, I will say though, I, I you know now that George is uh, uh, George, uh, you know, providing his perspective, I think I, I, I tend to agree a little bit because a lot of creative people don't get it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and, and this is not; these are not maybe some extreme examples, but like John Mellencamp. Uh, made a comment one time, you know, that people would come up to him years later, you know, and ask what happened to Jack and Diane, Mm -hmm. you know, and for a long, long time, he just thought it's a blank, blank song, people. It's just (laughs) a song. But then he said, as he got older, he said, wait a minute, people have been listening to this song for 25 years. It's just natural to wonder. And so he kind of got it. But like, you know, you, 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 you know, like a lot of actors when they portray a great character or writers who write a great character, a lot of times they're not cognizant really of the, the sheer impact it has on people. And it takes them a long time. I mean, it, it, it took Leonard Nimoy a long time, to, I think, to fully accept Spock and the impact that Spock had on um, on pop culture and and on people, um, you know. I mean, he appreciated it, he understood it, but I don't think he he really understood it for until like after the Wrath of Khan, probably partly because he and Roddenberry didn't get along, and once Roddenberry was gone, Leonard had was more at peace. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, Lucas, I think sometimes just sits back and goes, "I don't get it." 
you know, <laughs> it was just a sci-fi adventure. It was just my own Flash Gordon. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't get it how it's this big. It's, it's like, I like how it's made me rich, but <laughs> it's, it's like they're disconnected from the connection that others have. Yeah. You know, and because and, they're focused on something else entirely. They're doing it for a completely different reason, and they just don't understand the other part of it, And nor do they seek to. Or well, Nimoy did, I think, but 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 Ditko never did. Ditko was like, I I have moved the hell on. I'm doing other things. You know, uh, there, Ditko self-produced a lot of comics. Uh, He Mm -hmm. had uh, Robin Snyder, I think, helped produce some of his original art up to possibly the day he died. Uh, There's a website. One of the things that Ditko put out that I tried to order that I it was sold out through their. I think he had to. Uh, mail off things and you couldn't order it online hence which discouraged me from buying buying it but i didn't get around to it when i asked if it was still in print it wasn't and it and it was ditko's essay on why i quit spider-man and i have scoured the internet for this to be scanned or reprinted and i found i don't know if this is the full article or if this is um, just a portion of it or whatever but at comichistorians.com uh, it reprinted just a little bit of it. So uh, this is what Ditko wrote in his essay within the last two or three years, I think. Uh, he said, quote, all Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Marvel fans are free to decide which method produced the best revol- result for Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. So why did I actually decide to quit? One day I got a call from Saul. Saul, he was the publisher, is that right? Saul Brodsky, Brodsky, I think. Okay, so he he was essentially the editor, I think. I don't know. The next Spider-Man annual is coming up. Okay. Later, thinking about what I could do for the annual, I asked myself, why should I do it? Why should I continue to do all these monthly issues, original story ideas, material for a man who is too scared, too angry over something to even see to talk to me? At some point, I decided to quit Marvel, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. My next visit to Marvel, I told Saul I was quitting Marvel. Saul told Stan, the only person who had the right to know why I was quitting refused to come out of his office or to call me in. Stan refused to know why is what Steve Ditko wrote in his essay. Hmm. What do you think of that? Still doesn't Hmm. say anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's pissed at Stan. He's pissed at Stan, which we all knew. He was pissed at Stan. And like I've said, you know, kind of before, Stan reminds me of some other managers I've had who just simply will not manage. But, yeah, there's no details. There's no, there's no details. You, you know what I get from all that, though? What? And what I get from that, what I get is that at one point while they were doing Spider-Man or early on at Marvel, Stan and Steve probably got along like syrup and pancakes. Mm. And mm. then what happened was there was one day, there was one thing or one fight. I, I, I can from almost I- guarantee, I, I can almost guarantee there was one thing that they just butted heads over so strongly that they didn't even want to talk to one another after that. And then it just went off from that. The cartoon mm-hmm. uh, profits is what I think may have started for at least from Marvel's that, that Marvel book that we read George uh, by Sean, Howe. the yeah. him not credited or not being compensated for that cartoon. And, and what? 66. Yeah. 67. Yeah. That was Kirby though. Wasn't it? Because yeah, they that, were literally- yeah, but, 
Yeah, but I, I don't. No, think, that was the Marvel superheroes show. I don't, I, I'm see, talking about the Spider-Man Paul Souls one. I, I don't know though that Ditko again because look at Ditko and and look at his. I mean, Ditko never. Ditko was never like, oh, but but I did all this work and I deserve X and X and X. Mm-hmm. Ditko Ditko knew it was work for hire. Mm-hmm. Ditko knew everything he worked on was not owned by him. He understood it. So I don't know that that's technically the case. I don't I don't know that that's technically the case. But I do. But I do get that that they were probably really good. Like they really got along at one point, and then like after they had a they had one falling out, and then after that. They were just like, I can't even look at this other person now. I can't. I just can't do it. Symbio Bro on the YouTube chat says, if you could have Ditko draw any character that he never drew, who would it be? Mary Spock. Jane. Spock? <laughs> I would love to see. I mean, you didn't limit it. He didn't limit it to Spider-Man. So that's uh, true. Spock. But, uh, but I, I would love to see Ditko Spock because, you know, you know how he created uh you know, Ditko's characters were always, particularly like Spider-Man, they were, they were like thin, they were angular, they were lanky, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I would have loved to have seen his Spock. Have I guess maybe seen, if you, Have you ever seen Ditko's Superman? He's drawn Superman. It's very different. I saw one Superman. It was it was odd. <laughs> did he draw Batman? Yes. I was, gonna, I was I was going to say that I was. if there was one character he would have drawn, it would be Batman. But it turns out he actually... Um, he actually illustrated uh, Jerry Conway's Man Bat series. Oh, okay. Yeah, which and and and, That's uh, cool. and so Batman's in there, and you said there was even a blog post where showing some of the images of of Batman in there and everything like that. So yeah, it was just like, and again, it's sort of like kind of has that more of that, that kind of a lankier look to it and everything like this. But it was just like, oh wow. So it's just like. But it's just the way he, you know, illustrates this thing and like this. It's just like so. Hello? Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you're just kind of surprised about that thing. Oh, do we have Action Gamer on the line? We do finally yeah. have Action Gamer on the line. Action, what's up, man? Hey, how are you guys? I'm we're good. good. We're good. What's what's your question for the panel? What, what what you got for us, sir? Well, I just have a comment mostly. Um, yeah. Some of what I've seen from. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah we can. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I think there's an echo. Let me see if it's something on my part. Mute the YouTube uh, page. Oh, okay, yeah, because I have yeah. Firefox open and Google yeah. Chrome open. That's why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where was I? Oh, yeah. Question hey, for some us. Of, comment mostly. Okay. Some of Steve Ditko's works can be seen in other mediums, like this one episode of The Spectacular Spider-Man, where Doc Ock kidnaps Gwen and tries to coerce Captain Stacy into giving him some kind of code that will let him get access to technology across the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scene where Spider-Man lifts up a barrage of uh, technology. I uh, I can see some of Steve Ditko's influence in that cartoon, and I think Greg oh, yeah. Wiseman talks a lot about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I interviewed Greg um, specifically, and he they that was one of those that he felt like they had to nail. He had he felt like they had to nail that scene in that episode because he Greg felt that was such an important moment in the in the cartoon. Which which one again? The word it's the homage to the to ASM thirty three where it's they the, adapt. yeah the ASM thirty three the lifting of the yeah because that was that was their ma- their version of the master planner arc yeah and um, he felt like that 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 was one of those that they they had to like he was very meticulous he had it had to look right and it was one of the I think it was better done that way 
than even um, as much as I liked the scene overall in, in Homecoming. But that was probably the best visual representation that I saw in, in cartoon medium of of the, the ASM 33. I uh, am curious about one thing. Yeah, go ahead. What do you guys think Stan Lee will say about this? Because his response is the only one I haven't seen on Twitter. Mm. I think he'll be praising, like when Kirby passed, he'll call him a genius. Uh, I, I think he'll be respectful. I, Stan's not in a good place. Uh, so... Stan's got a lot of uh, his yeah. own issues going on. Uh, unfortunately, like, I feel like sooner rather than later, like I put on the on, on the front page today, uh, we will be doing this for Stanley. Hmm. And yeah, it's, I don't. It, I don't want to wish that. Yeah, let's. I don't want to. Wi- I don't want to wish it, but I. I, yeah. I just know that the reality is that sooner yeah. rather than later, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you don't want to wish it, but when you hear. You get hints about the condition he's in and how people are treating him. Yeah. You know, you don't want it to keep going on like this. So. Yeah. Uh, Action Gamer, where did you hear the news? Uh, what went through your mind? Stuff like that. Um, on Twitter, I left my computer in sleep mode. As soon as I yeah. came back from some exercise, some jogging, I refreshed the page, and that was the first entry. Yeah. What? Uh, where are you calling from, by the way? Um, calling down from the south, um, from Florida. Florida. Okay. Cool. Yeah, state. <laughs> oh, oh, there's another one you don't like, Jr. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. we've we've I've bashed Florida on the show before. Oh, okay, uh, you know, uh, but uh, especially but, when uh, especially when Bertoni was on because you know he's from Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, Action Gamer, I'm glad you got on. Any other uh, comments to us or anything you'd like to say before you go? Um, I found it really depressing that Steve Ditko passed away. I know some people who have, and it's not a very easy conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Th- I, I asked the other callers, do you think he was happy? Um, I think for a guy to live in this day and age where he doesn't have to be bothered by social media or any inquiries, I think <laughs> he might have he lived a pretty peaceful life considering all the technology that's around. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, man. Thank you for calling in. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. See you later. Bye. All right. Yep. All right. That was a good one. Uh, I, I think we're good. Um, want to go around for final thoughts? Or you guys have anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap the show up? No, I, I, I think we're. I think we're. Yep. We're just past your ninety-minute mark. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to hit. Uh, let's I, go around the horn, Mike. What were you going to say? Final thoughts. Um, Mike? I just think. Well, I mean, we all kind of I mean one of these. We all kind of know that one of these days was it was going to happen, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that the guy who is the co you know, here we are, the co-creator of Spider-Man. It's just, it's almost, it's still kind of hard to believe that it, you, you have the passing of a legend like this. And I think in terms of comic, in terms of the comic book world, owes a great debt to him that yeah. we still on this day, I think we still kind of still have yet to kind of appreciate and, and uncover. And yeah, even though I understand that there's some, that maybe he's not, maybe in terms of his contributions, like if JR was talking about, maybe it's not as large as say, like say Kirby was <laughs> in terms of it, but it's always quantity. It's always quality over quality, quantity. I think in this thing, I think in terms of Ditko, it's qual It's definitely was quality in terms of what he did put out. And yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's going to be missed. You know, JR, before we get your final thoughts, I just remembered something. We were talking earlier about how Harlan Ellison passed away. Mm-hmm. Back in the 1980s, I went to a comic book store, and in the comic book store was a VHS copy of a Harlan Ellison documentary where he interviewed various comic book creators. And Steve mm-hmm. Ditko 
was one of them. On the cover of the VHS art, it said interviews with these comic creators. And I'm like, oh, Steve Ditko is on this VHS. So I buy the VHS. I pop it in. It's nothing but narration of Steve Ditko (laughs) and his art. There's no visuals on a video cassette. Did you ever see that that documentary? Never, never. Nine year old kid wanted to finally see what Steve Ditko looked like, and he and I didn't get it. Oh, you mean he didn't? That explains a lot of things that have happened afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) You mean he didn't tune into the uh, crawl space and find that uh, podcast where you thought you'd found the Ditko pictures? You You know, we we have not mentioned this story. We have to tell this story on the Ditko Memorial. George, you were there with me. Tell me when I thought I was reeling in a big fish. Okay, so <laughs> uh, we were up, and Brad. This is news like, to me because I never Brad heard it. You've never like, heard that story? That's a good one. Brad is like, dude, I have found pictures of Steve Ditko. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's like at a wedding getting drunk. <laughs> and like, and so he, he, he has a Schlitz beer, right? Yeah, no, no, no. It was some kind of German beer or something like okay. that. And, and, and so he shows me the pictures, and I'm like, I guarantee goddamn to you, Brad, <laughs> this is not Steve Ditko. This is okay. First of all, this is supposed to be a wedding. It was on some forum where he found this and, yeah. and people posted it. It's like, Oh, this is Steve Ditko. And so Brad immediately is like, this is Steve Ditko. And I'm like, dude, if this was Steve Ditko, trust me, bleeding cool would have already ran this link like six or seven times. All right. So, you know, and I'm pointing out, I'm like, okay, uh, the f- pictures are credited to a photographer that you cannot find anywhere else on the internet. Let that yeah, see there's, no, there's no web page to go a to. A photographer that doesn't have a website, Brad. <laughs> and uh, Brad is like, no, I am through the looking. He's like, he was like Kevin Costner and JFK. I am through the looking. <laughs> this is going. This, this, this history changes tonight. <laughs> right here. Literally, like it was the equivalent of him finding the Loch Ness monster plus in the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, 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 like pictures of, of like Bigfoot, like putting a, a saddle on 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 fucking Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 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 Brad, I, and I'm like, dude, this is not Steve Ditko, Brad. It's, it's not. And and it is. It's like an old man, even like like looking at a hot chick. But hey, you know. And I'm like, Dude, buddy, this is not Steve. Steve Ditko does not get drunk at like a garage party <laughs> and hit on co-edge, man. It's, it's not what it's done, all right. So, so it's three o'clock in the morning, and Brad emails Tom DeFalco. <laughs> Because I mean, they, they just, you know, all hands on deck. It wasn't just you know? Tom, though. And, and, and so, and so, Tom DeFalco like emails emails. Who else did I email? Emails Brad a little bit later, and is like, "Okay, number one, no, this is not Steve Ditko. Right? <laughs> number two, lose lose my number. All right, Douglas." <laughs> I think it was Danny Finger off too. I think you even Yeah, was, Danny Finger off. Yeah. Brad was so crestfallen. And I, I mean, like, Brad was like posting it like on like some kind of Steve Ditko uh, Facebook page. Like, there's there's like some kind of secret society where people like worship Ditko in secret. I'm a, I'm a member. And, and Brad is like, I, you know, I, I am so in the weeds right now on the, on these pictures, you know. And, and, and they're like, no, dude, it's not Steve Ditko. And uh, I think even Eric Larson at one point commented and said, dude, no, it's not. But, 
Brad was just so convinced. This is Steve Ditko because I found it and I need it to be. That's so true. He was so desperate for it to be Steve Ditko. Was, he wanted it. So it was. Bad. It was one of the most surreal things, and I kept telling Brad, "Don't, don't set your stuff up for this. This is not Steve Ditko." No, it is, man. It is. I, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Oh, okay. All right. Well. It's a soul-crushing disappointment when you finally came to the realization that you know, it wasn't Ditko. It was I, just hilarious oh, and sad at the same time. You I right-clicked to- those pictures saved as. Every now and then I'm going through my desktop and pictures. I'm like, oh, it's the time I thought it was Steve Ditko with the guy holding the beer. <laughs> 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 you gotta post that in the forums. Oh, that's I should. I still have that picture. And just do the time that I thought it this was Steve Ditko and it wasn't. Uh <laughs> let's see. Real quick, um the the Devil Breaker put up uh that Marvel has released a statement uh on Twitter. Uh, quotes today, the Marvel family mourns the loss of Steve Ditko. Steve transformed the industry in the Marvel universe and his legacy will never be forgotten. Our thoughts are with his family, loved ones, and his fans during the sad time. So Marvel is put out a release on that. Uh, we had final thoughts from, uh, Mike, JR, your final thoughts on the Ditko, uh, podcast. Well, um, I think I've said about everything. I- yeah. I could say, but uh, I was looking at um, uh, an artist by the name of Patch Zerker. I'm not really familiar with him, uh, but he's uh, he's got a couple of tweets that uh, I liked. Um, he co-created, and this is what he's saying, he co-created Spider-Man, which will be remembered as significant as Doyle creating Sherlock Holmes or Fleming creating James Bond. Spider-Man may outlast them both. Mm. Kind of like that is a, a sign off. <laughs> yeah, that was good. All right. Uh, George, final thoughts, sir. Uh, number one, uh, this has been a, uh, a special edition of Ditko news. Uh, very <laughs> we, got, we got it in. Yeah. Uh, very subdued uh, Ditko, Ditko news, not the end of Ditko news, because yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll continue finding out things. No doubt. Uh, but uh, also I, I, I was going to say originally, um, that you know, because somebody, uh, I, I guess it was our last caller, Action Dude or, or whoever it was, Action, uh, Action Gamer had said, uh, well, you know, you know, he had mentioned, you know, about how how sad and everything it was, it, and, and and my initial reaction was, dude was ninety, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but even you still want to be ninety one. So I'm, well, I I, I, do you? I mean, I listen, <laughs> I. I've known old people who were pissed off because everyone they knew was dead and they still woke up the next day. Like, like they, yeah. they, they kept waking up every day. Yeah. No. So, you know, I, on the one hand, I, 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 I had recently, you know, thought about it and you know, like, okay, well, this is what I'll say at the close is like, you know, would you live 90 years? Say, congrats. Hats off to you. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. Good, good job. It's, you know, I mean, you, 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 you know, you'll obviously the world will miss these people, but at the same time, you know, it's not like they're struck down, like in the prime of life or anything. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I, I started thinking about that and I was like, well, I'll say that. And I've said it before, but here's the thing. I, I can't really say that because, and we've brought this up a, a minute ago. It's like, eventually one day we'll have to do this for Stan Lee and I will be a four alarm mess. Yeah. Mm. I really will be. And I won't get, I won't care that the dude is like 95. I, it, it, just, it won't, it won't register. I'll be like, dude, why, what a way. It's like when like David Bowie and Prince died within a white, like, like 10 days of one another. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, what do I even do now? 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, I, 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 my initial reaction to this was, dude was 90, good on him, don't be depressed about this. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I, I can't say that because when it happens with, uh, with Stan, I, I, yeah, I'll be a wreck. So I, I can't really, I can't really say that. You, you know, I, the, the, the dichotomy between Stan and Steve is, is, I think JR said it earlier, that they're the exact opposite of each other. Well, 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 Steve is like, you know, somebody like uh, you heard about from a friend of a friend of a friend. Uh, Stan Lee is like a member of the family. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the mystery wrapped in an enigma. Yeah. Um, some of it was by his own design. Some of it, I think, um, was just because people just the, the curiosity aspect mm-hmm. uh, is what made him, I think, more interesting than I think he ever thought himself as. Uh, I, I think he, he strikes me as a guy that was just very much a product of his era. He was a you know a, a guy that lived through the depression and 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 lived through World War II, and he just he was just happy, you know, uh, being left alone and and doing his own thing. I think uh, we wouldn't none of us would be sitting here at this uh, mm-hmm. at our desks today without him. Uh, so we have to acknowledge that that he is uh, a driving force for this podcast. But it is sad, you know, that we didn't get get more of him directly from him. But I think that <laughs> I think if Brad had ever got the interview, oh yeah, that uh, was the big get. I always wanted that one. But I think if Brad ever Everybody got the interview, did. though, I think I think there would be a little. I hate to say that I think there'd be a little disappointment. Because I, I think I don't think it would be a good interview. Long. I don't think he would give much uh, as as evidenced. Yeah, I, I think it would be you would be you would have a hard time getting him to talk. Um, I, I think, but I think there's so many and like even even um, uh, Neil Gaiman and all those guys that were doing the in search of um, Steve Ditko. I think that we all have this like built up in our minds that that. He was just going to, you know, open the door and, and offer us a cup of tea and, and, and start talking about his time at Marvel and DC. And that just never was going to happen. Mm-hmm. The, the YouTubers um, have pointed me to a uh, Facebook page by the name of uh, John Simino. And uh, without his permission, someone snapped a picture of Steve Ditko <laughs> outside, outside of his door. Mm-hmm. So I put the link up if you guys want to see it. Oh, he, 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 yep. he James like, Cromwell. <laughs> he looks, so he looks pissed. When they do yeah. the Stanley biopic, they need to get James Cromwell to yeah. play Ditko. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. There's video of him opening the door. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Wow. wow. What? Wow. Where's the video? Here, Here, hold on. Share. Let me share this link to you. <clears throat> wow. Knocks on the door. I'm watching it now for the first time. Oh, he opens the door and goes, no, no, no pictures. I don't see the video. I, okay, hold on. If, if you go to that guy's you could, you could, here, I'm getting it. Hold you on. You the screen. You could have done any number of things. I'm getting it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me share the screen, Brad. No, yeah, share the screen so the the YouTubers can watch it. Okay, so I've I've got this pulled up. There's the there's the photo right there. And then if you go to his page, 
We will play the video. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There you wow. go. Wow. Wow. Okay. So disrespectful. Just, just, just give me no the link. Kidding. Okay. I'll just, I'll just go to the link. Okay. Here we go. Oh, no, no, no visits. Would you oh. have a question of mm-hmm. No visits. Man. There was no visits. Man. Um, <sighs> that's the sad thing is, is that's that's the latest. That's probably the latest that anybody. Um, yeah. Um. Wow. Um, that's mm. crazy. <clears throat> well, a little wonder then why the guy why he wanted to respect his privacy. Well, I mean, fact, yeah, you know, I mean, here's the thing: like, like that was kind of a dick. It's very much a dick move. Oh, it, it was. <clears throat> Mark Wade just walked in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I. I uh, wow. Although I don't know, it sounds like he kind of Streisand affected himself, though. You know, he he may have wound up his his the his obsession with his uh, seclusion may have resulted in more people trying to uh, you know trying to unearth him. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, <clears throat> man, uh, man. But here we were in the middle of final thoughts when that came in. Um, Zach, final thoughts, and then we'll do uh, Shy Town. Zach, final thoughts, sir. I, I think it's uh, it's a sad day for for comics. It's a sad yeah. day for Spider Man fans and, and Doctor Strange fans as well. We 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 always kind of gloss them over, um, but you know I, I'll never forget being in the theater when when Do- I was watching Doctor Strange and seeing visually um, a lot of the psychedelic aspects of of Strange's character and all the all the wor- sense of wonder and the wondrous parts of the universe. Uh, on the screen, I thought that was always really a cool thing. Um, uh, I can't say I'll miss him because he's not a guy that you we would miss necessarily, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll always have his his stuff to look back on. Um, you know, it's something that whenever we talk to our kids, you know, uh, Spencer, I'm sure has seen enough Ditko stuff, and you've shown <laughs> Ava Ditko stuff, and mm-hmm. I'll show Gabby get Ditko stuff. Uh, it's, and, and I'm sure Chi Town has done the same as well with his kids. Um, so it's one of those things like, like the guy may be gone, but his legacy lives on. Yeah. Hmm. No doubt. Shy town. Final thoughts. We'll wrap it up with you, sir. Um, the very first costume I had was inspired by Dicko. Um, mm-hmm. it's on there. So I didn't get the web pits, which was, I was a little <laughs> disappointed about, but still, um, he liked his freedom. He really did. He liked, uh, he, Spider-Man to him, even Dr. Strange. It was just a job to him. Um, he didn't really like the popularity of it. He just, I think he just like did his job and he enjoyed going home and uh, being his wife. I mean, that video right there is like no visits, no, no photography. I mean, he was yeah. friends to, uh, uh, he was courteous and polite to fans, but if they kept on pushing, he would like, he would push back. <clears throat> yeah. And say, Leave me alone. I'm just, I, I just want to do myself. That's just a, jerk move to knock on the guy's door with a camera in his yeah. face in mm-hmm. his house. Especially when you know he's reclusive. And, uh, well, what's in his house? It was his uh, office. His office, office. Yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, uh, a lot, maybe the fallout with him and Stan was that um, he didn't get enough credit as he think he deserved maybe on Spider-Man where Stan's mm-hmm. like, uh, no, I'm the writer. This is, pardon, that was my dog. I'm the writer. I'm, I got 
you know, I'm I'm the big man on campus when it comes to Spider-Man, and Steve Dicko just didn't agree with that. I thought, maybe. Well, everybody, uh, all 30 YouTubers watching us right now, uh, thank you and all the many that have come and gone throughout this nearly two-hour podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Ditko. And thank you for helping. Uh, as Zach said, we wouldn't be here doing this show if we didn't have his contribution to Spider-Man. So I am a better person for having friends like you guys. Uh, and Steve Ditko is a part of that. So... Rest in peace, Mr. Ditko.